So, 8.07. Let's make Brazil great. Let's be proud again. Familiar words and a familiar political trend. Brazilian presidential candidate Jair Bolsonaro saying them during a Facebook Live broadcast the night before an election. He just uh, did enough to lead, um, though he'll need a second round towards the end of this month to complete a victory against leftist rival Ferdinando Haddad. Uh, It must be said that uh, Haddad... Not looking particularly promising for him based on that first round uh, of divided votes. But um, hostile remarks made in the past against minorities uh, and women have earned Bolsonaro the nickname the Trump of the Tropics. Is that fair? Let's bring in Paolo Trevisani, Wall Street Journal reporter based in Brazil. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, let me, if I may, direct that question to you straight away. I mean, is it fair, the criticism that we're seeing of this uh, candidate? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed your question. Uh, There was a problem here. Can you repeat, please? Yeah, sure. Is it fair, the the criticism that we're seeing of Bolsonaro? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, Bolsonaro does have a past. I, I believe you, you're talking about criticism that he's being too harsh against minorities in general, and 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 kind of a, a, a sympathizer of Brazil's past of uh, past dictatorship. Uh, uh, I mean, he he has made that very clear in the past. He is a veteran uh, lawmaker, and in many many opportunities, he has said some very. Uh, 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 nasty things sometimes, I'd say, against, uh, you know, women, uh, uh, gay people. Uh, and, and he has said that he supports the dictatorship. Although, over the past year or so, he has softened his tone uh, a little bit. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, his behavior and, and his... Uh, 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 historic uh, at the Brazilian Congress, uh, both have kind of supported those criticism. But he, he, he argues, he uh, uh, says that he's changing. And, and just last night in a TV interview, he said he will support uh, the, the Constitution. In fact, he said he's going to be a slave of the Constitution. But he's also vowed not to become all about peace and love. It's it's quite interesting that he's being quoted as saying that exactly, considering they would be some of the main features, you would think, of Christianity. Yet his main support base comes from evangelical Christian circles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it must be said that that remark particularly about being uh, a love and peace uh, uh, at least to me, it rings uh, as a reference to something that his nemesis, uh, former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, uh, said some uh, uh, two decades ago. You know, uh, uh, Lula, as he is uh, widely known here in Brazil, he he was a, a fiery a leftist firebrand, and. In 2002, he was running for president again, and he had lost 
uh, uh, elections before. So he created the peace and love version of himself that became known as Lula Peace and Love. So uh, in my view, what Bolsonaro said about not being uh, Bolsonaro Peace and Love was a reference to, to what Lula did. Now, it's true that uh, uh, he's supported by the evangelicals, uh, the evangelical Christians, uh, and I, there are several ways to read that uh, uh, force in the Brazilian politics. And one thing is, one way to look at it is to consider that Brazil has, for the past uh, 15 years or so, uh, been ruled by, been governed by a leftist party, the Workers' Party. And the evangelical Christians, they may have developed sort of a pent-up demand for their own type of uh, values to be in the government. And uh, probably uh, Bolsonaro, you know, embodies that type of uh, uh, aspiration from evangelical Christians. I think that's one, at least one way to look at it, something that I've been uh, hearing from, from uh, experts here. One thing that doesn't quite square up for me, just... Read, reading into oh we've lost the line there from brazil uh sorry about that we'll see if we can reconnect with paulo trevisani wall street journal reporter based there in a country that is going through political upheaval of sorts we are seeing certainly a shift uh just, just to um recap on on the numbers 46 percent of the votes in the first round of voting went to bolsonaro uh, well ahead of his main rival, Fernando Haddad. And they're saying it's going to take a miracle for Haddad to actually claw his way back. But he's uh, taken to Facebook as well to publicize his message, uh, saying he'll rally all Democratic forces around his campaign to win in the next round uh, towards the end of this month, uh, despite trailing by more than 16 percentage points in that uh, first round. If you look at the map of voting, um, really uh, most of Haddad's support base is in the northeast of the country. Um, but the entire west and south of the country is in Bolsonaro's favour with pockets in the north as well. Let's uh, reconnect now with Paolo Trevisani. Thank you for rejoining us. Okay. Um, because of time limitations, I, I mean, I was just explaining some of the numbers, uh, the, the, the mountain that Mr. Haddad has to climb here. Um, why is his support base so concentrated uh, in the Northeast? Well, I think it's uh, uh, because uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's backed by Lula, you know, and uh, the former president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. And, and, and Lula is from the Northeast, was born and raised there, and his government lifted up millions of Brazilians out of poverty, and a very good chunk, if not the majority of those people, uh, lived in the Northeast. They still live there. So the Northeast is a very uh, uh, strong um, constituency for Lula, and Lula is supporting Haddad, and that's why Haddad has uh, such a, a, a 
powerful uh, presence in the Northeast. Uh, the other question I was going to ask you before was uh, about women. So uh, he's been described as something of a misogynist in the past, but also he is making this campaign all about women to a certain extent uh, by by constantly emphasising safety and the need for safety among women. Uh, so so how's that going down, that message? And I'm sorry, I'm talking about Bolsonaro. Here. Yeah, Bolsonaro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the polls show that uh, women are are increasingly going for Bolsonaro, uh, and then uh, you know you have all sorts of spe- speculations for that type of behavior. But I have been talking to people here in Brazil, uh, to women in particular, and and they say you know uh, 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 all right he has you know said some things that uh, sound. Uh, um, uh, macho type of uh, thing, but but you know, women also are worried about safety, and that's something that uh, Bolsonaro is promising to improve in Brazil. They are also concerned about uh, schools for their children, and and of course they are concerned about the uh, very poor state of the Brazilian hospitals. So all that. Are, you know, if, if you think that your candidate can fix that, then you go for him, even though he may uh, he may come across as a misogynist candidate. What's your own expectation? What's your own expectation? Given that in less than three weeks well, we're going to see this uh, follow-up election. You know, I am very excited about it. I think uh, uh, Brazil is coming to grips of uh, many, many issues that have been uh, around in the country for a long time, but because of other uh, uh, problems, like, uh, you know, in the past, very high inflation and, and other problems, for some reason, the Brazilian society, society didn't uh, tackle those issues uh, as apparently they are doing now. They're discussing, you know, do we want a country with a more market-friendly uh, uh, economic model, or do you want the government to play an even bigger role in in this country? Do we want to uh, go for a totally new type of uh, uh, leadership, or should we stick with you know people we already know, even though they have been uh, 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 involved in you know bad bad policies choices or whatever other criticism you can throw to the Workers' Party. So I think it's a very uh, interesting moment for Brazil and one that will be uh, at the Wall Street Journal certainly covering very closely, and other media too, of course. Yeah, I'm sure you will be. Um, But if we presume that the nation has already, to a certain extent, spoken and that this second round might be a formality, given the, the, the huge gap between these two candidates... What will be the impact for the rest of the world? For example, Brazil is is seen as uh, an increasingly important economic force uh, and and certainly is powerful enough to either positively or negatively sway neighbouring countries and perhaps even affect us as far as Asia. Well, one message that I think is is very clear from this election, uh, uh, in contrast with the previous one since 1989, 
is that this time around, Brazilians are uh, uh, talking more freely about a more conservative approach to to the economy. And uh, 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 even even if if uh, uh, the, the leftist Workers' Party's candidate Haddad uh, manages to overcome this uh, uh, gap and become the president, uh, you know, apparently from all that's been put on the table, the table thus far, he will have to discuss, he will have to take into consideration the fact that a big chunk of Brazilian society has shown approval and support to a more conservative uh, way of government. Right. Well, thank you so much, Paulo Trevisani, Wall Street Journal reporter based there in Brazil. We'll be watching your news closely in the coming weeks. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure.